Blog Talk Radio.
So thank you for joining us for another Tuesday evening. We are here every Tuesday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, and that is 7 to 8 Central. And uh, the call-in number is 646-200-3715. Again, 646-200-3715. And again, I am your host, Adrian Ross. Listen, once again, we have a packed show. And the reason for that is because there is never a lack of goings-on in news and politics. And it just seems like it's getting more and more crowded as uh, as the days and the weeks go on. Today's show is, uh, is about the Republican establishment, um, the clueless, I might say, Republic, the Republican establishment. And I just titled it Republican Establishment Still Clueless as Outsider Candidates Soar. And, uh, and, I, and I pose this question, does the Republican political establishment get it? Because many in their elite group, from politicians to pundits, still spend their time downplaying, for example, Donald Trump, the frontrunner in the GOP for the presidential nomination, downplaying him, insulting him, or wishing he would just go away. And none of these tactics work, okay? And yet uh, the establishment doesn't seem to see what a multitude of Americans see in, in Donald Trump. And, and in other non-establishment 2016 presidential candidates, such as Ted Cruz and, and Dr. Ben Carson, we're going to get into them. So I'm just hitting the ground running, all right? Tonight we want to talk to, to regular, everyday people who will discuss which outsider they support and why. That's, that's early on in the show. And then in the second half of the show, in the midst of all the chaos and all the craziness that is going on in our country and in the world, in the spirit of Christmas, I'm going to be talking to a, uh, a high school senior who has partnered with, um, with uh, a police department, the police department in Indiana, to make Christmas special for some needy families. So we're going to talk about that. But um, So I just want to say thank you for joining me tonight. And, uh, and just, just hold on. And I, you know what? I really appreciate that you're with us tonight because I know that tonight, for those of you political junkies, you're tuned in to the debate. The undercard debate is underway right now for the GOP, uh, the GOP presidential debate with uh, Lindsey Graham and Rick Santorum and, and Pataki and Huckabee and all that. So, and then following the, the main debate, which, um, we're going to kind of run into that time, so you're going to have to multitask to hang here with me, as well as uh, as well as watch that main debate. So let's before we move on into to talking to some people about their particular candidate they support. I want to just backtrack a little bit for a few minutes, and I want to talk about last week. Last week's show was focused on political correctness. And I asked the question. I asked if political correctness was killing us. And, uh, and we looked at the terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California, um, Saeed Farouk and Tashfeen Malik. And I used um, an example, a neighbor of Farouk and Malik, who said that she saw something, but she said nothing. And you guys know, you've heard that saying. We've heard it since 9-11. See something, say something. See something, say something. She saw something, but she said nothing. And again, we say, well, that was ridiculous. But was it really? Why didn't she say anything? 
she didn't say anything because she was afraid of being labeled a racist. And this is the political correctness climate that we have created in this country that we tell people to go out and speak up and say something. And then when they do, we say, well, you're a racist or you're a bigot or whatever term we want to use. And before you say, no, we don't, I take you back to the clock boy. Brings this clock to school, looks like a bomb. People saw something, said something, and then what? Oh, they're racist. Oh, now they're being sued. So, you know, we don't make it easy for people to say something. So that political correctness isn't is it killing us. So I wanted to kind of go back to that because that also led us to talk about uh, Donald Trump. His comments about putting a, putting a halt temporarily on allowing Muslims into the country. And we know all Hades broke loose. And uh, despite the heat, we know Donald Trump, he refused to backtrack. He said we need to temporarily stop Muslims from coming into this country. And people were up in arms. In fact, if you caught the, uh, or if you're watching the undercard debate, if you caught the beginning of the debate, you know that Senator Lindsey Graham wasted no time in bashing Donald Trump and then apologized to Muslims for Donald Trump. And uh, it was only Rick Santorum who said, listen, let's be honest about what Donald Trump was saying. He said, a temporary halt until we can figure out what in the world we're doing, because clearly we don't, we don't know. You know what? Donald Trump took a lot of heat for not being politically correct, and it hasn't hurt him at all. So this week, we're learning more things about those terrorists, about uh, about Tashfi Malik in particular, who passed, let's just look at this, okay, passed three background checks before being allowed into the United States, at least three, okay? Uh, investigators have found from her prior online posts, she's been posting about, about jihad. She clearly had murder in mind for years. She's posted on social media her jihadi tendencies for years, but we just learned that Homeland Security's policy is to bar its agents from looking at social media, the social media of visa applicants. I'm talking about public social media, barred. Can't look at those people who want to come into the country. What's up with that? Political correctness? We we don't want to, you know, I don't I don't I don't get it. We are not allowed to look at the social media of visa applicants who want to come in this country knowing what we've got going on here. And I want to know why is someone else's privacy, someone who's not even in the country, a priority over United States security? Why? And they wonder why Trump, for example, resonates with people. Why are we bending over backwards? And this is, I mean, and then in the days following all of this unfolding, the Obama administration said that they're still not willing to pause the visa program. Today, at least, we heard that they will review the visa program. Well, that's good. Why aren't we willing to take a pause? Why aren't we willing to say, you know what? I don't have time to be politically correct. I don't have time to, to make everybody feel good. This is about national security. 
And you know what? When I think about that, when I think about this administration saying, you know, we're not going to look at social media. We're not going to we're not going to take a pause here. We're not going to even rethink the Syrian refugee um, situation in spite of what the uh, um, the majority of Americans feel. It, it makes me wonder. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm really not. But it really makes me wonder. Either this administration is actually trying to make us weak and vulnerable or they're incompetent. What else could it be? Surely no one actually believes that, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I can't imagine that we wouldn't say this is serious times we're living in. Let's just slow down. So either they're delusional and incompetent or there's something else going on behind the scenes. And, and this Tashfi Malik, she reportedly was, was screened, they say, but apparently not well enough. She even gave a fake address that wasn't detected. And, and listen, here are the, here are the questions that, that she gets asked, that, that we ask for people who want to come here. Do you seek to engage in terrorist activity? And are you a member of a terrorist organization? Can, I mean, really, if, if you are um, coming here for terrorist reasons, what are you going to say? Yes, yes, I cannot tell a lie. I do seek to engage in terrorist activity. Yes, I am a member of a terrorist organization. I'm so glad you asked. Otherwise, I would not have volunteered that information. Really? We've got to do better than this, and we've got to lay political uh, correctness to the side because, as I asked last week, is it killing us? And I think we saw that it, it, it might very well be, as those neighbors said, absolutely nothing. We are the United States of America, and we have a bullseye on our backs. We need to get our act together, as they say, with the quickness, with the quickness. All right, so there, there's my wanted to just kind of harken back to, to last week to um, that political correctness that we talked about and also update the information on San Bernardino. And now I want to transition into this uh, Republican race. And I have quite a few callers on the line here. I see I have some I knew were calling in about this next subject, which we're going to talk about. And that is this political establishment that doesn't seem to get this or move this wave, all right? So the main debate tonight should be really interesting because there's some new polling out. And um, the, uh, Iowa, Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus, from the Des Moines Register and Bloomberg Politics Poll, Cruz in Iowa, 31%, Trump, 21%. Cruz up over Trump according to this poll, which, of course, Trump trashed because he didn't like what it had to say. 21%, Carson, 13 Rubio, 10 and Bush, 6 National Monmouth University poll, Trump, 41%. Cruz, 14 41 The next, The person closest to him at 14 Rubio, 10 Carson, 9 A drop for Carson. And Bush at 3 Fox News poll for most uh, concerning most qualified on national security among Iowa GOP likely caucus goers. Cruz at 30, Trump at 20, Rubio at 11, and Bush at 8. Listen, what do we notice? What do you notice? Now, I taught for almost 18 years, and you, you throw things like this, and then you, you say to, the, to your young people, what do you see? Do you see a pattern here? Let me tell you what I see. The outsiders are running away with it. 
The establishment doesn't seem to get it. <laughs> and then they're not getting it. They seem to be insulting the American people. This is what they say about why Trump, for example, is doing so well. People are angry. Uh, you know, the people should, should, you know, they're opposing. I just heard someone say they're opposing people who have been successful, people who have won, they're, because they're angry. You know what? These pundits, these talking heads, these establishment elite people, they think they know better than we do. So my question, do they know better than we do? Are we missing something? Are we just angry people? When I say we, I'm just throwing that out, generic we, you, whoever. Are you missing something? Are you just angry and you're willing to just throw the country into the hands of people? Don't have necessarily the experience that they need because you want to send a message. Are you willing to put the country at risk so that you can make a point? Or do you maybe see something or get something that they don't? It's interesting because the more the establishment tells people what they're supposed to think, the more the people seem to pull away from the establishment. And that's why we were waiting. After Trump's comments about Muslims, they said, well, we need another poll. Let's see what the poll says. And you know what the poll states? The poll states that people are still with Trump. And every time they attack him, his numbers go up. And now Cruz is soaring. Carson's dropped. We can talk about that. So if time allows, I'll talk more about that. There's the showdown that's going on and, uh, between some of the candidates and um, and, and some, some dust up between Trump and Cruz. But, but first, I, I do have some callers on, and I want to – I have other people who called in too, but I'm, I'm going to go – if you hang with us, that would be great. And I can, if I can get you in, I will. But, but I want to start first with those uh, uh, who told me that they wanted to, to talk about the candidates of their choice, those outsider, outsider candidates. So I'm going to, to uh, unmute them and, uh, and introduce you to them. And then go and then go from from there. And again, uh, before I forget the number, if we have time to take your call, we will. But that number is six four six two zero zero three seven one five. And so we're gonna rock it. We're gonna rock and roll it and hear from some other people. I like talking to everyday people because that's where it's at. Everyday people. We get enough of these pundits and people pushing things down our throats all the time. So. I do believe that I have uh, a Norma Clark, Norma Clark on the on the line. Norma is a is a concerned citizen. She keeps up to date with what's going on. She's fed up with the way things have been going. And uh, if I understand correctly, she's a Trump supporter, but she also likes Cruz a lot. I also have Kevin Kevin Scholler, who is the host and creator of Mama Grizzly Radio. He's a professional broadcaster and a Trump supporter. And I should have Melody and Greg Potter. They are our New Yorkers on the line, um, and they're also looking to see change in our government. And they've embraced an outsider in this election, and that is that is Carson. So uh, let me start by saying, Norma, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. And Kevin, are you on the line with us as well? I am, Adrian. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. And I, uh-huh. I like the Mendisa opening. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, trying to get you pumped up. You've got to be overcomers, yeah, Kevin. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And then I have Melody and Greg Potter. I think they might be sharing a phone tonight. Are you both with us? Yeah, we're here, Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Hello, hello. <laughs> all right, so what we're going to do, first of all, I want to just, um, in the in the short time that, that we have, I want to go go around this metaphoric table, so you know, so to speak, and I want to, you know, this election cycle, we're seeing the outsiders with the commanding leads. 
And it's unlike anything that people expected, I believe. And so, as I said, the pundits, the politicians, they don't like it. And even there's talk about, there's rumors about some backroom conniving going on. And um, so here's my, here's my question. Why are the outsiders running the show? I mean, Cruz is, is a senator, but he's definitely considered anti-establishment. So in, a, in about maybe, maybe 10 seconds around the table, why, why are the outsiders running the show? Without even talking about the particular candidate yet that you support, just overall, I'll start with you, Kevin. Why do you think the outsiders are doing as well as they're doing? What's going on? Well, I think you touched on a little bit of it, but, you know, these are going to be primary voters, which means these are people that are dialed in and are not low information. And when you Mm -hmm. have a successful businessman like Mr. Trump, when you have the greatest uh, neurosurgeon in the history of the country and Dr. Carson, and when you have an elected official who actually stuck to campaign promises, primary voters are going to go there because they are sick and tired of the go along to get along gang that just lets Barack Obama and the liberals do whatever they want. All right. Okay. And Norma, what about you? What do you think is going on? Well, I have to agree. Um, you know, that's that's the reason that I look at Trump is because he is not a Washington insider. And it just seems to be that uh, once they go to Washington, there are very few that don't just turn into uh, the bubble. I mean, they, they just turn into that. They do not hear the American people. And we are out here, we are the ones that are supporting everyone. We are the ones out here who are doing all the work, and then they, they don't even listen to us. It's like the, the media mm-hmm. is in that bubble with them, and that's all they hear. You know, they, okay. they don't hear us. So All right, Melody, what do you say? And, well, Adrian, that's what I feel about Ben, and that's what, what draws me to him is that um, he's not a politician. Uh, mm-hmm. He's an everyday kind of guy he's successful he's intelligent and he's just uh steady he's Mm -hmm. steady yeah and i like i don't like the hype i don't like the the mean gene kind of thing and he he really sticks to uh good morals good principles good ideas with solutions and Mm -hmm. um in a calmly and on the level that I can, you know, understand. I mean, he's he's one of us, truly. Okay. Not a politician. All right, Greg, you you agree with your wife there, or what do you want to add? Oh, absolutely. And everybody has pretty much uh, said the same thing. And the establishment uh, is—they're not working for the American people anymore. They're, they're working for themselves. They're working for private interests. They're working for the uh, military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people are just fed up with it, and they're seeing uh, our society uh, just deteriorate. And there's there's definitely an agenda at hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. You wanted, wanted to touch on that a little bit, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> well, you know, it's I hear what you're all saying, and uh, there's certainly something to be said for being tired of people who are just going along to get along, or or are just feeding themselves, so to speak. But I guess the the question is, we're in such a crucial time in our country. Uh, Can these people govern? Are are they able to lead, you know, having not been really, uh, other than than Cruz, really uh, entrenched? So I want you to speak to that, um, in particular with the candidate of your 
of your choice. So I'm going to throw that to to Kevin. Your support. Tell us again who you're supporting, and and just quickly tell us why. Well, Mr. Trump, I just speaking out and speaking up for us, and and not apologizing for wanting to make our country safer and better. And you know, he's diagnosing problems. He's offering his solutions. But what I really like is that he can't be bought and sold. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need to get it. You know, these congressmen, they get in and they, they come out millionaires, even though they're making a modest salary. So go figure, right? So, And the other thing about Trump that I like is, you know, not only will he call out Hillary and Obama, but he also can get support from some independents and others. You know, I contend that the last two presidential elections – no one voted for John McCain or, or Mitt Romney. People either voted for Barack Obama or against Barack Obama. There was no gravitas. There was no popularity from the other candidate. And you need someone that people actually want to vote for. You had Sarah Palin on the ticket with the John McCain situation. People did vote for her. But I really mm-hmm. believe that in both of those situations, it was either a for Obama or an against Obama vote. So that's as far as getting in. Once you win, you have to do the job, like you said. And we've seen what Trump has done in his life i think he's smart enough to know what he knows and know what he doesn't know and he would surround himself with the very best people mm-hmm. and norma trump is your first choice as well so uh, yes why I, and, and I, I agree with kevin i mean uh he's not afraid of the media uh but yet he is he will stick to his guns i mean he doesn't just let you know the media push him around and then he you know tries to apologize for something that he said whenever you know, I believe he is a very thoughtful person. I think a lot of people think he's just a nonchalant, you know, guy that just, you know, says whatever, you know, comes to his mind, you know, on the top of his hat. But he doesn't do that. I really believe he is a very thoughtful person. He thinks about what is, you know, what he's going to say. And then he, you know, he's, he's determined that he's going to stick by it. And we need someone like that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm not saying I, I like, I really like Ted Cruz. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm at this point, I just feel like that. We need someone in there like Trump who is not going to just be, you know, listening to every little thing that comes along. I don't know that Ted Cruz would do that. I really do like him, and I know that he has taken a a hard stance against the the progressive liberals and even the Republicans. But the Mm -hmm. thing about it is is I'm just not sure that he has what it takes to be able to control the media, which I think is going to – you know, someone is going to have to do that. I really Mm -hmm. like Ben Carson also, but – I just don't know if Ben Carson has what it takes to, like I said, even with um, Cruz, if he's going to be mm-hmm. able to control the media. Because if they cannot do that somewhat, mm-hmm. and they're going to be, you know, even if they become president, it is going to be just, it's going to be devastating for them. And so mm-hmm. I just feel like that, you know, Trump overall is the one that can can take it and go with it and maybe not have as many repercussions from the the media because I think all of them are going to have to deal with that after this is over. Well, so that's where Melody, I'm coming from. Okay. Well, Melody, either Melody or Greg, weigh in here because uh, Norma said, I'm not sure. I mean, she likes Cruz, but she's not sure if he can can do what needs to be done. Obviously, he has your support, so you must be confident that, that he can. So talk to us about that. Well, when you, when you look at what uh, Dr. Ben Carson has been through in, in his life, he's, he's come from uh, a humble means and, with the uh, <clears throat> with his with his mother's guidance, uh, you know, he really pulled himself out of a, a situation that was extremely tough. So that's going to add a lot to his character. He understands 
uh, trials and tribulations and being able to overcome that. So um, you've, he's got that going for him. And then this incredible success he's had, not just as the leading neurosurgeon in this country, in this country, but the entire world. So he's, he's traveled the world and healed uh, children and that's gained him a lot of respect all over the world. And, we need a statesman that can go anywhere in this world and be known for the good things that he's done. Um, mm-hmm. Not something that's just obsessed about creating a business, which is, you know, just generating a tremendous amount of wealth for himself. Like mm-hmm. you know, Donald Trump, hey, that's great that he's a successful businessman, but who is that for? But uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Ben Carson, now his success, now who is that for? Who benefited from that? He, yeah, the guy's got a decent living, but he certainly doesn't have the, the riches that, that Trump has. So just the very fact that he's able to stay in this race, uh, look at the money he's been able to um, uh, garner from his supporters. So, you know, Trump could could pay for this whole bill himself. But uh, And Adrian, you know, it, uh, Trump gives me a feeling of uneasiness. Uh, the man is good with the media because the man is been around Hollywood and all the elites and it's just been in the heavy mix of the uh, drama and has a you know he, he does have somewhat of a shady background. He, open, he openly admitted in an interview that he will do or say what he needs to do to get what he wants. So I'm and, hearing that you, you, you don't trust Trump at all. I mean you're not just pro Carson. Are you anti-Trump? I was at a Second Amendment rally in Albany and he showed up in his helicopter mm. and the one guy that could have uh, beaten uh, our the current governor, um, Estorino. He showed up, and everybody yeah. thought he was there to support him. And it was the most bizarre thing I ever saw. He didn't support him at all. They left mm-hmm. everybody with big question mark. Why did he even show up? And I said, this guy's got an agenda. Yeah. Okay, so right. So you don't trust him. So I'm going to just shift really quickly to those who do trust. Trump, Trump. One of the one of the criticisms that he faces is that he's not a true conservative, and that you can't you can't you don't know what he's going to do when he gets in in there. So I have to ask uh, uh, Kevin. I have to ask you why are you what makes and, and then he just went after Cruz, which even uh, Limbaugh and Hannity are, are saying. You know they've been I think speaking glowingly of him, but now they're thinking. Why would he do that? Why? I mean, Cruz is a true conservative in the eyes of, of conservatives, and yet he went after him and called him and said he was like a maniac. Kind of reminded me of what um, Senator John McCain, establishment of establishment, called called conservative wacko birds. You know, so why are you confident that he will govern as a conservative? Well, you look who he's surrounded. Yeah, sure. You you look who he's surrounding himself with. I mean, it's not GOP talking heads or party bosses or the party elites, the Karl Rove's of the world that you mentioned. I mean, you have Katrina Pearson, who is his national spokesperson, a great mm-hmm. Tea Party conservative who ran in Texas. You look at the respect Governor Sarah Palin has for him. So if you don't think Donald Trump has conservative in him, then I guess you think Sarah Palin and Katrina Pearson don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, I think that uh, the governor nailed it this past week, calling out the media for their false portrayal of Trump's ideas on the uh, situation with uh, Muslims, you know, being a national security issue, not a religious issue. But, you know, people try to hit on Trump for some of the 
boisterous things he says or some of the uh, sensational comments. But if you really want to listen to what he's talking about, he's one of the few guys who's coming up with uh, actual events of the past, talking about what Carter did with the Iran crisis, talking about Eisenhower when it came to the borders and things of that nature. Trump does have policies that are in play. His tax policy has been endorsed by a lot of fiscal conservatives. So I think he has it there. As far as the Hollywood worry, hey, look, let's face it. We know about Barack Obama, how he won with smoke and mirrors. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, instead of God being their God, if it's not a recycling bottle, their gods are Matt Damon and Beyonce and everybody else. So the fact that Donald Trump's going to get some of that vote, because he will, he does have friends in that business, will help him. You're going to have to get some people that you may not agree with to vote for your candidate, just like Reagan did. Mm-hmm. And Norma, you trust his uh, conservative credit? <clears throat> well, you know what, Adrian, I, I'm not 100 uh, percent on board with as far as trust because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, I've kind of watched Trump in the past and and everything, but I do believe that he would be uh, a person who would allow religious freedom, which is very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think he would have any problem with that. I'm sure there are going to be things that come up that I don't agree with him on if he were mm-hmm. to become president. But I'm sure that that would happen with, uh, you know, with others, too. And so I can't say 100 percent that I believe, you know, he'll get in there and everything he'll do, is, you know, exactly what I would like. I can't say that. And, you know, I mean, I have my there's some little doubts that I have, but I believe that he is the he really is the only person that can. Uh, manipulate this media. It, it it drives everything. I mean, it drives people. I mean, just like I mean, even Fox News and some of these other outlets that are you know more conservative. I mean, they they they've been bringing up Rubio over and over and over again, and they act like you know he's a true conservative. He just you know he's good on everything. He's good on immigration, <laughs> on foreign policy. He's not. And no. the, and yet you know the media just continues to bring that up and bring it up and bring it up. And I'm, I'm like, they choose a particular Washington-style person that they want in, and then they kind of back that person, and you just keep hearing that same message over and over again, and you know it's not true. And so mm-hmm. I just think that they have got to be able to uh, manipulate the media. It sounds terrible, manipulate, but they've got to be able to work the media for their benefit because if they if they can't, they're not going to win this election because mm-hmm. of Hillary Clinton and, you know, the – the push behind all of that it's just not mm-hmm. going to work, I don't think. But that's just my well, opinion. Well, um, Norma, Kevin, Melody, Greg, I am um, very appreciative of, of your feedback. And uh, I guess this remains to be seen how it will play out because I don't know how many people actually thought we would be at this place where we are. Many people had said that, uh, yeah, well, it's the summer, and so a lot of people aren't paying attention. That's why Trump is doing so well in the polls. And then, I mean, look where we are now, and no matter what he says, and, you know, Trump, he will, I'm not saying he's not thoughtful. Norma brought out the fact that she really thinks he's thoughtful, he's thinking, he's planning. Um, but no matter how wild it may seem to some people, it doesn't seem to hurt him. In fact, it seems to help him. It just, it, it's it blows people's people's minds, and but now of course some things are shifting uh, with Cruz uh, soaring and Carson dropping, and uh, and some people think the Carson drop had something to do with uh, comments he made after the Planned Parenthood shooting, kind of they thought equating trying to be politically correct. Speaking of that, 
and equating um, pro-lifers with that uh, deranged uh, killer. Uh, some people think it's a foreign policy issue. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and it remains to be seen. There's quite a ways to, to go. I guess, what, seven weeks now to Iowa? Um, but it should be really interesting seeing how it play out. One thing I do like about whether it is Trump, whether it's Cruz, whether it's Carson, I like the fact that the establishment is, they look like they could just go into scratching, itching, rash fits. I mean, they just don't know what to do with themselves, and it bugs them. You had Sununu, John Sununu, and uh, and uh, Charles Krautheimer, and all these people, and, and Carl Rove with his whiteboard. They are so upset about it all, and that kind of gives me pleasure. I know that's kind of mean, but uh, <laughs> that kind of gives me pleasure. But I, I have to go because I do have another guest coming on, and I do have another caller waiting, and I want to pull that caller in. But thank you so much for sharing your your uh, your your thoughts on uh, Trump, Cruz, Carson. Um, so um, Norma and Kevin and Melody and Greg, I appreciate it. Stay in the fight, and we'll see how it all unfolds. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Hey Adrian, uh, say hi to Trooper from Rex, and let's go Mets. <laughs> all right, that's right, Kevin. All right. God bless you all. Bye. Bye. Okay. Um, I do see that I have a caller uh, on the line, and I don't know if this caller has a, has a question. I, I, I um, a question, but um, but I want to pu- uh, to pull in this caller. You're on the air, the Right Voice Radio. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is Mariah. Oh, hi, Mariah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just calling in because I wanted. To- to tell you why I am voting for Ted Cruz. Yes, ma'am. Um, I am voting for Ted Cruz because he saved my life. And mm-hmm. I think that if he can save my life, then he can save America. And that is why I am voting for Ted Cruz. Now, you have got to tell us very briefly, because I have another Mariah on the line there. I was a little bit confused. My, my, my high school senior is on the line, but Mariah... You can't just tell us that he saved your life and not elaborate now. You've got my, you've got my All attention. Right. <laughs> All right. It, this happened in, in 2013, mm-hmm. and I had been diagnosed with bipolar in 2012. So in 2013, the medicine that I was transitioning to was beginning to work, and mm-hmm. I had been depressed. It was mm-hmm. sort of the depression phase. And so I had been depressed, and I was upset, and I could not figure out why the medicine was not working as I thought it would. But one day when I was home alone, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to just end it all, just drop everything and end it all. And I went to the kitchen, and I grabbed a knife, and I was just going to just stab myself repeatedly until I fall down dead. And that was exactly the entire plan that I was had set up, and I had it all set up. And and I wanted to watch a video for the last time. It was supposed to be a funny video that I had seen since I was in middle school. Mm. And I watched, and I went to YouTube to watch the video, but then YouTube suggested this video of Ted Cruz's speech. And it was at random, which we all know who is really responsible for that. Yeah. And so I I decided, well, you know, I'm going to watch it, just, you know, funny, ha-ha. 
mm-hmm. and I went to watch it. And, you know, the, the speech that he gave, it was from a cell phone or some sort of home video. But mm-hmm. the speech that he gave, it just kind of gave me hope. And, and I, and I kind of, I don't know, I just watched him and I said, you know, that's it. That is what I want to do in the future. That's who I want to be. And the first time in years I have ever thought about my future and what I want to do for a living, it was that moment. And after, after that speech, I grabbed the knife and I put it away. I later discovered that it was a speech from Hayes County Lincoln Reagan Dinner mm-hmm. uh, from 2011 that Ted Cruz gave. Ever since then, I have been a staunch supporter of Ted Cruz. And I'll always thank him for that particular speech. Mm. Well, you know what? What a testimony that is, um, Mariah. And I, I thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. sharing that. And I, I will say this. I am... Um, I'm very glad that uh, <laughs> that you turned that on. I'm very glad that that speech saved your life because one thing mm-hmm. you must always know is that there is always hope. And we are not, and I say this with everything in me, we are not checking out. We will mm-hmm. remain in the fight and we will trust God and we will believe that God has a plan for our lives. So um, we are not mm-hmm. going to lose. You got it? Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. And uh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Okay. We are going to take a quick, a quick commercial break just to um, a commercial break about, uh, about adoption. Real short break. And then I'll be right back with my next guest. You are listening to the Right Voice Radio. I am your host, Adrian Ross. So glad you tuned in. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? B, console her? Don't worry, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Or C, find her a new boyfriend. Nice, single boy. (laughs) That was weird. As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Okay. All right, we're back with the right voice. Call the number 646-200-3715. And we were just talking to people about this non-establishment wave that is ruling this 2016 election cycle. And uh, and that's really interesting. It is already uh, time for the main debate. So um, I hope you're multitasking, listening to the right voice, as well as tuning in right now to the main GOP presidential debate. And right now we're going to transition a little bit to uh, a really touching, heartwarming story with all the chaos going on in the world and in the country. As I said earlier, it's wonderful, particularly during the Christmas season, to to just kind of back away just for a little bit and and hear about some heartwarming uh, stories and some generous people and organizations. So I have on the line with me my next guest. Uh, her name is Mariah Hughey, and she is a senior at Cloverdale High School in Cloverdale, Indiana. How are you, Mariah? I'm doing good. Very good. Wonderful. I did pronounce your last name correct, did I not? Yes. Yep, you got it. All right, good. Mariah, I'm glad that you joined me on The Right Voice, and um, 
like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to to your story of generosity and warmth in the middle of uh, what is I guess a cold cold world sometimes. So yeah, you yes, you have a program that you're involved in. It's called Clover's Cops and Christmas. I want you to tell our listeners about this program and how it came to be. Okay, so I am the president of the Cloverdale SSA at Cloverdale, and we always host a toy drive for the uh, less fortunate and, like, the needy in our community. But this year we decided to um, join forces with the law enforcement in Cloverdale, and we usually serve about 600 families at our annual toy drive just at the school and this year we're hoping to serve about 1,500 people with the two joint forces of the school and the law enforcement. Right. And okay. this is a wonderful community event that will provide local families the help they need during the holidays. Because um, a lot of people, it really hadn't come to my attention until I started getting involved in the toy drive. But there are a lot of kids that do wake up on Christmas morning and don't have gifts underneath the Christmas tree, so we are providing those gifts for them. Okay. So, and and how did this start? Because you said your your high school is partnering with law enforcement, right? Yes. Okay. So how does this whole, how does the whole thing work for people okay. who are involved? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we always had the toy drive, and we met up um our officer team at the beginning of the year and we planned out our schedule of events and like what we were going to do, what we were going to keep and what we were going to like let go for the year. And we were like, we have to keep the toy drive going on. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, we also saw a newspaper ad um, that chief Mike Clark put in the paper about his toy drive and we didn't want to compete with him. And we thought that joining forces would probably would help the community more than us being competitive with them. And it has been one of the best decisions that we have made. We have so much support from the community now. And just just two forces, like, joining together, I never thought it would become this big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I understand it. People donate toys and things like that. And then you have an event scheduled for what, what yeah, um, what people, we have been having donation boxes out throughout the community that they can donate toys and, like, paper goods. And the event is this Saturday, December 19th, um, at CBRC in Cloverdale at the Big Horse Arena. And it mm-hmm. starts at 530. So. Okay, and when people, when when the families come, what do the parents, would the parents sort of, like, kind of go shopping, so to speak, for free? Um, so what we do is we check you in at like the front desk and you tell us how many kids and like what ages and we already have all the toys um, set out and Mm -hmm. they are limited to like big toys, um, two stuffed animals, uh, three books, hat and gloves and also Mm -hmm. the uh, correctional facility, Putnam County Correctional Facility donated around 50 bikes so that we can use those and help give those out. And there is no cost of this event at all. It's all just community service. 
an opportunity to experience just the joy of serving others during the winter season. You know, Mariah, I was just listening to you. I just got chills. When you mentioned those bikes, <laughs> I, just, I just got chills because you know what? What a beautiful thing. There are going to be children who are going to have, because people like you have gotten involved in this, so that the people who don't normally, you know, would not normally have something will now have something. And that's such a such a beautiful thing. Was this was this your idea to, to get involved in this? Um, well, the COVID all has about had the toy drive for about fifteen years now. Um, but another girl and I have pretty much took the lead over it and it was my idea to talk to the police um department and to try to get them to join forces, and I was the one that brought up the idea of moving it to a bigger location to make it not just hit our community, but, like, the whole entire state. Mm-hmm. And you're a senior in high school, right? Yes. Yep, I am a okay. senior. And uh you off to college? Yes, I'm going to Purdue University uh, next fall. Do you know what you're majoring in? Yeah, animal sciences for pre-med. Wonderful. I, I tell you, right, talking to people like you gives me hope because we often hear, and when I think about the school partnering with the law enforcement, I have double hope. And that's because we often hear about young people today only being consumed with themselves, and you represent the antithesis of that, someone who is doing for other people. And two, we hear so many negative things about law enforcement. And and this, we see them continuing to do what they, what they do anyway, and that is serving, but serving in a capacity that they don't have to, but they choose to. In fact, law enforcement, when the people come on the 19th, they don't just come and, and get these gifts, but do, don't, don't they get a meal as well? Yes. Um, that's the thing. Um, the SSA is providing the toys, but the law enforcement has put a great amount of donations into it. But they are in charge of all of the fee- uh, all of the meal, um, the food and everything. So we're going to have a nice community dinner with that. So you can come out to get toys, but also we're pushing for the community to come together um, and just celebrate for Christmas. That is wonderful. You need to keep up the, the good work, and um, I would say I hope you're successful, but I have to say you're a success already. You've already done so much, and there will be people who have huge smiles on their faces because because you're involved in this. So I do want to say this, though, before, before I say goodbye to you. The event takes place on the 19th, which is this coming Saturday. It's just a few days, but if people who are listening wanted to get involved before then, where, how do they help? I mean, maybe they're not in Indiana. Is there a way to donate? Is there, um, how do they help? Is there a website where they could look something up and find out more information? I want to give you the opportunity to share that. Well, we do have a Facebook page that um, mm-hmm. you can message myself or Laura mm-hmm. um, and see about details from there um, and just talk about it. Okay. Um, it's Clover's okay. Cops and Christmas Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, that's Clover's Cops and Christmas on 
Facebook. So if you're listening and you think, you know what, I'm in Indiana or I'm not in Indiana, but boy, I sure love what they're doing and I want to get involved uh, in these next few days, please go to Clover's Cops and Christmas and support these young people who are doing things that are beyond themselves. Mariah Hughie, thank you so much for what you do. God bless you. Thank you. You're a wonderful spokesperson for Clover's Cops and Christmas. So keep up the good work and keep sounding the alarm and letting people know the good that can be done. Thank you so much for letting me share my passion for this Christmas and being able to help the people during Christmas that might not be able to have presents underneath the Christmas tree. Absolutely. Well said. God bless you, Mariah. God bless you too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that is uh, absolutely inspiring. Uh, again, like I said, we, we hear so many times with young people, we hear people say, oh, you know, they only care about themselves. But, you know, what? God bless people like, like Mariah and others who are involved in this, in this program. Again, um, that is called Clover's Cops and Christmas. All right, take a short break. I'll be right back. that because you know listening to people like Mariah and uh and others who who are giving to uh to others it makes me proud it makes me proud to be an American it makes me proud actually when I think that she's just a high school senior it makes me proud to have been a teacher for for so many years in in my life and uh to have had an opportunity to work with young people because um you get to see the fruit of your of your labor so obviously Mariah has had some some good teachers and obviously some 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 good parents and you know thank God for her. All right, we are down to the last few minutes and we are not going to go into overtime. Sometimes we go extra time and we end up in overtime and uh, always kind of carve out an hour and a half, even though the show is technically an hour. But I, I don't want to. I know that you are multitasking and you're you're watching the debate and listening to the right voice. I, I, you must be listening to the right voice, of course. So uh, I don't want to I don't want to hold you, but I do want to just say that that as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to be I'm going to be tuning into that to that main debate as well. And uh, I just kind of want to wrap up uh, what we've been talking about, going back to to politics and the establishment and how they are targeting targeting Trump. Um, you know, one of the the point that you hear from people who originally said that he would never, could never win the nomination is now, oh yeah, well he may win the nomination, but he won't, he won't build, he won't beat Hillary Clinton. There's no way, there's no doubt that she would trounce him and, uh, and many are bashing, bashing him. And it goes on and on. They're talking about broker convention and rumors of some kind of backroom conniving. And, you know, it was interesting because Dr. Ben Carson says if, if he hears, if, if it turns out that there is some, some conniving that goes on that he'll he'll leave he'll leave the party 
And I've heard people say that that's wrong and, and no one should talk about leaving the party. And I think, uh, no, people have to do what they have to do to be true to their own conscience. You know, as Ronald Reagan left the Democrat, the Democratic Party, or rather he said the party left him. And sometimes it goes that way. I'm not saying that I hope it happens that way, but I'm saying that nobody deserves our full 100% devotion except the Lord. So um, we will see how this how this all plays out. And one of the interesting things, and I'll be I'll be interested to see it as I tune into this debate, um, is the the quote unquote fight between Cruz and Trump, where uh, audio was released of of Cruz saying that he didn't think that Trump, for example, um, would be the nominee, and he didn't think that Trump had the judgment to be the nominee. It wasn't really bashing, but people tried to blow it up. And here's my question. Everybody was like, oh, my goodness, Cruz, he bashed he bashed Trump. He'd been playing so nicely, and then he got caught. And I'm thinking, he got caught. I mean, what, what did they expect? What did they expect Cruz to say? I mean, he's running for presidency. Was he supposed to say, uh, no, I really think that uh, that Trump will be a better president than I will be. I think that Trump has the judgment and I don't. I'm just running because I like wasting people's money and I like traveling. I mean, really? It reminds me of back in the day, the New York Knicks, the NBA New York Knicks, they would always ask Patrick Ewing whether he thought they were going to win the championship. And Patrick Ewing always said yes, even though he never won one. And I'm thinking, as I heard someone say once, well, what do they think he's going to say? season saying, no, I think we're going to lose? Obviously, he expects to win. That's why he's there. Anyway, but you know Donald Trump, he he came back and he I, I already said he was sort of like a maniac, and that probably wasn't the thing to say because people, conservatives, love Ted Cruz, and that's probably not uh, the way he wants to go. But, you know, Cruz responded with, um, he tweeted out that song, <laughs> he's a maniac, maniac, which is, and he refuses to, to fight. Uh, Donald Trump. Some see that as a positive thing and others see that as weakness. Uh, I don't know what you see it as. But we will end here with some wacky news and some happy news. Wacky news is that New York City uh, public school principal had decided to ban Christmas, Thanksgiving, and the Pledge of Allegiance. You might have heard that. And uh, people begin to push back. She wanted to get rid of Santa Claus because it was tied to religion. And uh, her name is... uh, Principal Kim, and uh, so she she thought we got to get rid of it, and people pushed back. And today I heard that she has now apologized. She has reinstituted Santa Claus, and they said the Pledge of Allegiance today. Evidence that your voice matters. That was wacky. And then some happy news is the Heisman Trophy winner has been named. His name is Derek Henry. Derek Henry is his name. And what an inspiration uh, he has been, I hear. I don't know much about him. I don't know anything about him. But I did hear some of his acceptance speech. And as we close here, I want to leave you with what he said. So inspirational and sounds like a, a wonderful role model. So let's listen to the new Heisman winner, Derrick Henry. I'm a little nervous. I don't do this every day, so... But first off, I just want to thank God for bringing me here and winning this prestigious award. You know, he's been so good to me in my life, and I've been honored and blessed with this opportunity. And, you know, it's just a kid's and a lifelong goal and a dream of mine, and I'm just so thankful. Beautiful. A young man who gives God praise for his success. 
we need more of that. So I'm grateful for Derrick Henry. I'm grateful for Mariah Hughey. I'm grateful for our Norma and Kevin and Greg and Melody and people who care about the state of our union and who want to make a difference. And we may not all agree on which direction we should go, but I believe we all want to go in the right direction. And having said that, you to the right voice. I am your host, Adrian Ross, and uh, please be sure to uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, we are um, the Right Voice Radio on Facebook and also on Twitter at the Right Voice One. At the Right Voice One on Twitter, the Right Voice Radio on Facebook. I will catch you next week from 8 p.m. All right. If you're not already, get tuned in to the GOP debate. God bless you, and have a wonderful night. Until next time.